of Isaiah 49, we read the words of a servant who was called from the Lord, from the womb, to bring restoration to the people of God, and, as we read, to serve as a light for the nations, so that God's salvation can reach to the ends of the earth. The servant song, as it's called in Isaiah 49, is a prophecy that points ahead to Jesus Christ. So it tells us already in the Old Testament that Jesus Christ would be the one who would gather his afflicted people to bring them all into his church like ornaments on the the dress of a bride. Puts them all together and gathers them into the church. In Isaiah 49 verses 15 to 16, the Lord describes the comfort that God's people may have when they are brought into the church. Because although we know that the Lord is our God, we know Jesus Christ as our Savior, we do not always see His nearness in our lives. And Curtis and Levi, today you profess your faith, you feel completely convinced of the truth of the gospel, courageous to stand up for it, eager to actually serve in God's church. And yet if you compare this day to future Sundays, when you continue to publicly profess your faith with the creed, you may notice from time to time that the truth of the gospel may not always feel so obvious as it does now. And as a church, we know only too well that the temptations we face can be very strong. Sometimes we even feel separated from the communion of saints, and our own weaknesses can discourage us, our own sins can make us feel alone. And sometimes, as we read in verse 14, even the people of Zion, the people of God, they they feel that the Lord has forsaken us or forgotten us. And the Lord knows that we feel that way sometimes. That's why we can read about it directly in this passage. He makes a specific mention of that feeling And so he speaks to Christian loneliness and uncertainty. And he speaks to it with the unforgettable words of our text. Can a woman forget her nursing child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Parents know, right? We don't forget our children. And nursing mothers who are here today, they they can tell you, that about the automatic physical reaction in their bodies if they just hear a baby cry. Have you ever experienced your own mother's love? Well, God tells us that this is exactly how he looks at us, his adopted children. And sometimes, even if we might argue that this isn't such a great comfort for us, because we can know of mothers who don't love their children God says his love is even stronger than a mother's love. says in verse 15, Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Psalm 27, stanza 5, also says the same thing. We'll sing that afterward. And if this isn't enough, God strengthens the promise even more. He says, Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. The Lord uses a figure of speech to reveal to us how closely we are united to Him. 
Think about how you use your hands to eat. You use them to work, to write. Use your hands to throw, to shape, to build, to point, to threaten, to bless, to protect, many other things. Now, if you took a knife and engraved a mark on that hand, that cut and that scar will remain on your hands, whatever they may be doing. A scar will be a part of who you are. And that is exactly how the Lord describes our union to Him. Although other passages in Scripture reveal that God holds us by the right hand, that He carries His lambs in His bosom, in Isaiah 49, verse 16, we read that the church is engraved on the palms of God's hands. We are a part of the work that He is doing. Your faith, your, your fellowship with Him is real. Your worship is the work of God Himself. You are identified in Him. It's not even possible to separate us anymore. Therefore, God says, your walls are continually before me. The relationship between God and his people is permanent, and it has always been. The relationship between God took place even before he gathered the people in. The Lord uses a a form of the verb to show that the engraving took place before the people were brought in to Zion. So we see they didn't come in to Zion in order to be engraved on God's hands, but they came in to the church because they already were engraved on God's God's hands. In Ephesians 1, verses 4 to 6, the Holy Spirit tells us that God's people are chosen before the foundation of the world. And then it says, in order that we should be holy and blameless before Him. We read, in love He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will. God engraved you on the palms of His hands. And then He gathered you in to His church in time through His Son, Jesus Christ, that servant that he promised who would be a light to the nations. And so Curtis and Levi, God prepared the way for you to be here today, to stand up before the congregation, to publicly profess your faith in God who knew you before you knew him. God does not forsake or forget his people, but he gathers them from all over the world by His Spirit and His Word. And brothers and sisters, by God's grace, in our lifetimes, we have come to to see that we also are among those who have been engraved in the palms of God's hands so that we might find our place in His plan and His work. And this is the union with God in Christ that we may also celebrate in the Lord's Supper. Amen. We'll now sing in response that psalm that was referred to.